healthcare just simply hasn't admitted it has not delivered equitable care. I like to see equity get the same attention and presence as quality. Always use the data with the skeptics. Dutank is proud to present Equity Insights, a podcast promoting equitable care in diverse communities across the country. Today, a conversation between business designer Adam Colris and Brenda Battle. I'm the Senior Vice President for Community Health Transformation and Chief Equity Officer for the University of Chicago Medicine. A powerful voice in the push to create a more equitable healthcare system, Brenda is here to tell the story of the Racial Equity in Healthcare Progress Report. Let's start at the beginning. So my role with the Commonwealth Fund Project is as co-PI with my colleague, Dr. David Ansel at Rush University. And I say we were the co-engineers of the work that led up to the progress report. Um, The genesis was really work that we did back in the early days of COVID. It was the first time I would say in the history of Chicago where we had 40 healthcare workers and community-based organizations working together on this common goal to just get people tested for COVID and then to get folks vaccinated for COVID. And really the healthcare disparities that we were all very clear about for a very long time were so apparent in these efforts. And more so what was apparent is that we needed to continue to work collectively to address the health disparities. What came out of that work is that we didn't want to end it there. We really wanted to have something that was long-term, that was strategic, that would not cause us to stop this these efforts in addressing disparities. And, and the progress report is what came out of it. Just in a meeting, we were like, well, how do we keep this going? And the response was, let's create something that creates accountability for those of us in this space to continue to work toward achieving health equity and addressing the disparities in our organization. And let's put something together that we as healthcare workers can, can, can actually work collectively to achieve. And out came the progress report with multiple, multiple, multiple supporters. Um, we had some support from a not-for-profit organization that really helps organizations like ours or individuals like ours or this kind of work build strategies. And David and I sat around the room one day and said, okay, so we built this progress report. How do we sustain it? Because, you know, we, we can't in our individual roles um, and even with our respective organizations. And we said, well, why don't we go ask the IJ if they would be willing to do it? We believed they wouldn't do it, but we said, we're going to ask them anyway. (laughs) And we asked them and they said yes and I have attribute that a lot to Adam because Adam was the yes he was like yes we can do it yes even when I don't know Adam that the other folks that you work with really believed or understood that they could actually do it you did and because of that this thing was enabled and here we are today you know with do tank and with a national presence in this work and growing presence and funding through Commonwealth Fund to just really scale this work in a, a critical and important way. So I couldn't be happier about that. There's a couple of things that you touched on that I love about the progress report that I do think set it apart are the tenets of, of creating a sense of accountability mm-hmm. with organizations and collective action at the yes. same time. Uh, I, and I think that, you know, as we've tested it with uh, 
you know, 150 plus orgs in the Midwest and now it's going national. I'm curious from your perspective, even with UCM of, of taking it and looking at your data, what are some of those trends or those big obstacles and frustrations that we're maybe hearing through the progress report uh, and through other channels that are standing in the way of equitable care? So what are those biggest barriers that, that we need to overcome as an industry? Yeah, that's a great question. So the healthcare industry, at least for the last 25 to 30 years, have been held accountable to ensuring that we deliver quality healthcare to the populations that we serve, right? And we've been held accountable to this through regulatory organizations that we are accountable to through financial, through our payers and other financial sources and through competitive benchmarks. But because the, the culture of healthcare is so focused on quality, we've assumed that quality equals equity and it doesn't. Right. Right. So a big obstacle that I see is that because we think quality equals equity and when we aggregate our outcomes, we do it without stratifying that data to understand where inequity actually resides within the populations that we're serving and how we're performing with those populations as it pertains to equity. So I think that's a huge obstacle is that we think quality, but we think quality equals equity and it doesn't equal equity. And if we don't integrate equity into our quality efforts, then we're not gonna achieve the quality outcomes that we need. I think that's a huge obstacle in healthcare. But I also think that healthcare just simply hasn't admitted that it has not delivered equitable care across populations and that we just haven't faced that truth about how much we have and are contributing to the disparities that we see within populations. And I think, you know, that's just an obstacle. And I've, you know, I've, I've had healthcare providers and workers, and I've been in this field for over 30 years to say, well, we don't, we don't contribute to disparities. And that's just not true. We just don't want, it's hard for us to admit that just because we're in this service industry and in the industry of caring for folks. So that's an obstacle in the way that we think and in our culture that, that has to be overcome. And, and I think lastly, we have so many competing priorities and equity, when you start talking about equity, I think in healthcare, we see that as just added work that we have to do rather than work that is necessary to be integrated into the work that we do day to day, our standard work. Um, and when we do that, then it really can help enable performance across all of these other priorities that we have in healthcare. So I think those are some of the biggest um, obstacles that, that, that I've seen. My hope is that the progress report is a tool to be a platform for some of those tough discussions and Absolutely. for organizations and leaders to take a step back, take a look mm -hmm. in the mirror and also acknowledge their history and acknowledge mm -hmm. um, the inequities and outcomes that may be taking place in their community like they are across the country and say, okay, it's mm -hmm. time for us to roll up our sleeves and uh, take a really focused approach to this work inside mm -hmm. and outside the walls of our organization. So Absolutely. Uh, with that, as I, we transition that discussion from kind of obstacles uh, mm -hmm. to, to more of hopes and, and, and mm -hmm. aspirations and outcomes. Um, from your perspective, since this is such uh, groundbreaking assessment work at a national scale, mm -hmm. what are some of those ideal outcomes 
that you'd like to see in the DEI space at the national level as yeah. we get more assessments, as we get a better picture of the metrics, as we get a better picture of those process steps that organizations should be taking? Mm -hmm. uh, what are your hopes and aspirations to see at a national level from a DEI perspective? Yeah, I think for me, what's most critical is I like to see equity get the same attention and presence at the national level as quality. Um, and we know when that when the quality movement started well over 20 years ago that it was slow and steady and it took a while to convince folks that it was necessary mm -hmm. for our performance and effectiveness. And people did come to believe that it was absolutely necessary. And I think that, I mean, and for me, I like to see equity get that same type of acceptance and that same type of, you know, realization and understanding and also the recognition of the performance, the effect on the performance that we'll see because of equity. So I really want to see that. I want to see it show up not only in how we measure our effectiveness, but also in how funders really reimburse us for the work that we mm. do. Because yeah. if we do see it where funders reimburse us for the work that we do, then we will really honestly start performing in accordance to that. And yeah. so for me, that's what I, I want to see on a national level. That's that, cool. that's critically important to 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 move that. And the same thing has happened with quality. We're starting to see, obviously, we measure the effectiveness of quality of, of our outcomes by a quality through a quality framework. I want to see equity embedded in that. And and as of late and for the last several years, we've seen more performance payment based mm -hmm. upon per quality performance. Let's mm -hmm. see payment based upon quality and equitable performance. Yeah, my hope is that as we think about that quality movement, maybe we're in the middle of the tipping point, you know, to air as human and what that did in the yeah. quality space. Like yes. some of the work that we're doing with, with partners across the country, we'll look back in 20 years and say, mm -hmm. that 2020, 2022, 2023 time period is when uh, we, we really started as an industry embracing equity in the same way that we have uh, quality. So. Um, and Adam, how cool would it be to say that we were like, we enabled yeah, that? Oh right. my goodness. Or that just is being huge. a part of it. it, it yeah, it really, yeah, really. It would. <laughs> I love how we dream and we're always yes. going. So, so with that, getting more down to a micro focus organizationally, because as we know, like what I love about the production report too, is that we have FQHCs taking this right now. We've got community-based organizations got hospitals in three continents taking this um, so this isn't just a you know acute care hospital uh, assessment yeah. when you think of all those different healthcare organizations that are taking part in this work um, mm -hmm. what do you think is one critical step uh, that they should be taking or thinking about because many are beginning this this quest towards equitable care for all what's what's a beginning step that if you're a CBO or a hospital or anywhere in between um, that, that you should be considering or thinking about from your perspective? Yeah, so I think all of this starts with your strategic planning. And I think equity needs to be embedded in the strategic plan of all of these organizations. And it needs to be embedded in measurable outcomes. Um, and ones that can potentially be benchmarked across the industry. 
-hmm. so that we can understand the impact of this collective approach to um, equity in these multiple stakeholder organizations. Um, and, 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 and in doing that, then obviously, if it's in your strategic plan, then you have a better opportunity to integrate it in the body of the work that you do. But I think it has to start with that. It, it is hard to perform equity in any of our institutions if it's not where we plan around how we're going to do our work. So it has to start there. And Brenda, in the work that you've done, what are some of those critical stakeholders outside of the network of University of Chicago Medicine that have been integral partners, thought leaders, connectors that, that have enabled the work that you do to, to impact more at a community level as opposed to just inside the four walls of your organization? What do some of those stakeholders uh, look like and, and, and those things that other organizations should think about engaging if they haven't already as they begin this quest and integrate this work into strategic plans and, and try and mm -hmm. put metrics around it. Yeah, so I think there's like five or six categories of critical stakeholders. Mm. Um, so there's obviously the boards of our respective organizations, key stakeholder in helping drive our, our, our strategic planning and approving strategic plans within our organizations that have equity built into it. Mm -hmm. Payers are critical, absolutely critical, both commercial payers and government payers. These are the guys who determine how we're gonna be reimbursed for care. But I think it's really important that payers get more engaged in this movement of equity, not mm -hmm. only from the standpoint of um, how they contract and how they pay us, but they've got to consider how do they fund social determinants of health, which we know are so critical in how we as healthcare providers perform health, our work to ensure equity across our organization. But then they have to think about how, how is their payment enabling healthcare organizations to actually do the work to ensure equity in the work that we're doing. So I think that they're critically important. I think public and private industry are critically important. We, we saw this in COVID. The impact of COVID on individuals was not just because of healthcare access or, you know, the, the quality of service in healthcare. It was also, it had to do with environment, you know, people's ability to work, you know, people's ability to get to work, all of these things that impact the health outcomes for individuals that have nothing to do with biomedicine, nothing to do with, with health. So I think public and private industry are critically important in how they think about workforce and how they think about, you know, the people who work in their organizations. Anybody who sets policies, whether it's in government or it's an industry, policymakers mm -hmm. have to be part stakeholder to how we achieve equity because so many decisions have been made at the policy level that actually impede equity in organizations, both sure. in healthcare and legislature, you name it. We need to be, those need to be stakeholders in this work. And then patients and the community have to be stakeholders in this. The voice of our patients, the voice of our community, the voice of community-based organizations that serve patients and individuals and serve communities. We can't develop equitable frameworks that don't include their voice and don't include their needs. And so though they have to be stakeholders in this work, and if we don't do this in this collective way, we're not gonna achieve it. We're gonna always get pieces of it, but not the comprehensive effort that we need to ensure equity, um, healthcare equity. And this is how we're gonna to get to healthcare for an equitable quality, equitable healthcare for all.
you really are the matriarch of this project and in so many ways have made this the impact you've created um not just the progress report assessment itself but the fabric of folks around it and the community and the team that we've built that are moving this forward and you've been such the heartbeat of this work and you've been so close to it from piloting to now nationally scaling and it's wild to say it's been almost three years since this process started it's incredible isn't that that's that's amazing i love it um yeah. but it's also makes me think where'd the time go but with mm -hmm. with all that said and what are you most excited for health systems organizations to experience when they take this progress report what's yeah. something that you've seen within your organization that we've seen throughout our extensive piloting that you're excited for folks nationally to get um, exposure to so the progress report is a roadmap it's truly a roadmap that can enable all of these organizations to practice while they learn and i just think that just like all any other innovations that we see in this field in healthcare that we often have to create and learn while we're practicing and the progress reports enable that and particularly taking the progress report if there's an opportunity to participate in the learning collaboratives this is what is happening this cross you know provider group of folks working together creating and innovating at the same time and i think what people will experience in doing the progress report is first their experience that they already have some equity focused work at play in their organizations they've just not named it yeah. that they haven't right. labeled it that but it's it's happening there is no way in healthcare that organizations are not doing equity focused work. These initiatives have equity built all in them. They've just never framed it that way. So I think they're first will recognize that. And by recognizing that it will become easier, hopefully to apply that to scale around other work that they're doing and then to understand and recognize the opportunity to focus on other aspects of equity that are built into the progress report. I believe without a shadow of a doubt that that's what's gonna happen when people start doing this progress report. They're gonna recognize, wow, we're already doing stuff. And I didn't know it. And I thought it was too hard to do, but it's not because we're already doing stuff. And that excites me. What is the mission, vision, and value statements of your organization? What do you promise that you're going to do for your stakeholders? And does your data reflect that? And if your data doesn't reflect that mission, vision, and value statement, then you got to find out what's the root cause of that. And is the root cause equity? And I will guarantee you that that's, the, that's in the root cause of it. So I always start there. What's your, what do you tell people you're going to do? And do you do it? And then I'll clearly, when we look at what's driving healthcare outcomes and what's driving how healthcare is being financed, you can peel that down to what's missing. And when you peel it down, it is inevitably in our outcomes, in our stratified outcomes, and you can see where it shows up. So for me, I mean, I've been in academic medicine, you know, most of my healthcare career, and we believe in data. And so I always use the data with the skeptic. You can't argue with the data. You believe in the data. I don't even have to have this fight with you. 
It is. It, it is what it is. <laughs> You've just heard a conversation about how we can enhance equity in diverse communities across the country. If you want to join the conversation, visit the Racial Equity and Healthcare Progress Report Hub and invite your organization to bridge the racial equity data gap in healthcare. In the coming weeks, we'll feature more professionals from across the healthcare field. For now, thank you to our esteemed guests, Brenda Battle, Adam Colrus for facilitating this conversation, Alex Spiroff for producing this episode and lending her voice for the opening credits and listeners like you. Thanks for listening to Equity Insights. We'll see you soon.